At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to Billy the Bat Boys Corner presented by Up On Game. I'm Billy Pinckney, and today we have Brandon Bailey joining the show. He made it to the Bay Leagues with the Houston Astros a few years ago, but what's so special about him is the story and the journey that he took to get to the major league level. He was doubted along the way, told he wasn't big enough told by teammates, coaches that that probably wasn't the best idea to, to go the D1 route and to continue on his journey to make it to the show and he proved all of them wrong and he made it. So we're going to hop right in right now to this interview and hear more about Brandon Bailey's story and what inspired him along the way. All right, guys, we're here alongside big league pitcher Brandon Bailey. Brandon, appreciate you coming on. Uh, thanks for having me. Well, you're currently going through some rehab right now, dealing with some injuries, and you know you accomplished so much in your career. And you know up to this point, you've been doing a great job. But how would you describe this process right now, recovery? You went through a couple different injuries, right? Yeah. So I had Tommy John, my second Tommy John, actually in February of 2021. Uh, after being traded over from Houston, making my debut uh, during the COVID year. Uh, fully recovered from that and then was kind of basically on my way back to getting into live action and uh, competition and affiliate ball and hopefully getting back to the big leagues. And things were looking up. Uh, I was setting personal records in terms of uh, velo. Uh, it was 94 to 97, so I was pretty optimistic about my progress. Uh, then we had a setback when we strained the flexor mass muscle, which is uh, just basically an origin point of like a few of the different muscles that attach at the medial epicondyle of the elbow. Uh, strained that, uh, had the rehab basically all of 2022, trying to fix that. Got back again to playing shape, went out to the Dominican Republic to try and play winter ball uh, to try and get back into competition since I'd missed two full seasons. Uh, and in my first game out there, tore the flexor mass, uh, which required a surgery uh, uh, about two weeks ago and back at the end of November. So currently rehabbing from that, we're a free agent. So it's going to be 
definitely a very big uphill battle uh, to try and get re-signed and you know, with uh, back-to-back uh, elbow surgeries and back-to-back years, that's sometimes a tough sell, but all of that's out of my control. All I can do is just try to rehab and get back to 100%, and uh, hopefully a team will be optimistic that I can perform at a high level and help them win. Absolutely, and this definitely tests your mental toughness, the the mental abilities of a pitcher who's going through surgeries. How do you describe how that's been like for you dealing with this challenge mentally? Uh, I mean, it's exhausting. Uh, I'm not even going to lie. It's been a really tough uh, past two years of my life, you know, uh, going from an all-time high of making uh, your major league debut with such a historic franchise and talented franchise like the Astros and, you know, watching them win the World Series like two weeks ago and knowing that it was just a very short time ago that I was getting an opportunity to play for that team and uh, play for a team that's the expectation is to win championships and, uh, you know, proving to myself that I was that good, that I was that talented uh, for a brief moment in time. Uh, But I think there's a common misconception about professional baseball, like the hardest thing is getting to the big leagues. In my personal opinion, the hardest thing is to stay once you get there. Like obviously only 10% of minor league guys actually get the chance to play in a big league game. But uh, just in my brief taste of it, uh, definitely the more challenging part is sticking up there uh, just because every single game you're playing against the very, very best players in the world, you know, and uh, it, what, used to be such a simple game sometimes can be very complex, especially at that level. And uh, so, yeah, it's been, it's been mentally tough to not be able to uh, just be on the field competing and just getting on in a routine of playing games again. You know, my, basically for the past two years, all my life has been is working out, training, rehabbing, uh, trying to uh, get my arm back to 100% to be able to pitch in games and, the, it just hasn't gone my way, but, you know, that's life. You know, the world doesn't stop spinning. I've just got to make the most of the situation that I'm in and uh, keep pushing and trying to get back on the field. No matter what happens moving forward, you made it to the big leagues and you did what a lot of people said you wouldn't be able to do. And I remember reading a post when you made your debut about how there were people who doubted you along the way and your abilities and everything. I have... I have the quote right here. I'll read it for the for the viewers who haven't seen it. But uh, you said how you remember high school teammates telling you that you'd never achieve your dream of playing pro ball. Travel coaches telling you you should go to the JUCO route and and not D1 because you weren't as talented as those guys. And, and I remember scouts telling you that you were too small and never be considered a prospect. And you're thankful for those experiences because it motivated you. I mean, right there is what a lot of kids are dealing with as well. People tell them that they're not good enough. How did that motivate you and take that as something that kept you going rather than something that put you down where you see a lot of kids who might be discouraged with those types of comments? Yeah, absolutely. You know, at 16, 17 years old, uh, I got a really big reality check of kind of like what, like the real world, kind of how people kind of operate. Uh, Just having success at a younger age, you know, having, you know, University of Missouri, Kentucky, Washington State, Gonzaga, ASU, like lots of different schools, you know, reaching out to me and uh, wanting me to make my commitment to go play for them. It was, for me, it was just 
like a whirlwind of emotions. It's like, I just can't believe like all the hard work that I've been putting in for, you know, basically since I started playing the game, it's, it's paying off. And there's these people that see me as like a legitimate prospect in terms of the college ranks that I can come and help these programs, you know? Uh, so that was, it was hard for me at times because especially in high school, you know, your, your teammates, you, you, you'd spend basically like you're in class together when school day is over, you're going straight to the ball field, you're hanging out with each other, uh, even when you're not at practice, you know, off the field. So that was really an eye-opening experience for me to like realize that my teammates were actually some people that were wanting me to fail, you know, wanting me to like not have the success that I was because I don't know if it was insecurity, I don't know if it was jealousy, maybe a little bit of both. Um, I, it was, it was really challenging for me to try and navigate through that of like, I, these are people that I thought were my friends and I, you know, would want like some people that are really close to me that I, you know, I wanted to support them and have their careers go, you know, as far as they could. And for us to all be successful as a group to try and win a state championship, which is what we ultimately did uh, my junior year in 2012, which was awesome. But it kind of gave me uh, that real life exposure of like, Hey, like, some of the people that are actually closest to you uh, that you consider as like uh, friends are actually reality. The people that want you to fail or uh, have no success more than anybody else. Uh, so that was tough. And then, but I, I, I'm appreciative of that because it started to mold me into that mentality of it's like, I'm trying to take a negative, turn it to a positive. I'm trying to use that uh, energy, that negative feedback that I was getting from people and, use that as motivation to prove them wrong. Uh, and at a really young age, that kind of started to mold me into the type of competitor, the type of athlete and the type of pitcher that I would become, you know, it's like kind of like me versus the world, uh, you know, and it's like truly the only person I can count on is myself and my parents and my immediate family. And um, I, I took that uh, as kind of just like always playing with a chip on my shoulder. Uh, then you go into college or you um, going to college and you're trying to get recruited by major league teams and having these one-on-one -on -one meetings with area scouts, you know, tell, being straight up. It's like, look, I like you a lot, man, but our higher ups straight up said, it's like, if you're not, if they're not over six feet, we're not drafting a pitcher in the first 10 rounds of the draft. It doesn't matter how good they are, you know? So just hearing that is like, okay, you know, like I, I, re I remember those, a few of those conversations and those teams specifically. And I definitely, uh, made it a point when I was playing their uh, affiliates in minor league ball um, to try and perform at my very best. There's a little extra motivation there just to prove them wrong. Like that these stereotypes that uh, all pitchers have to be six foot four, six foot five, you know, left-handed projectability, like throw mid nineties, all these things. Uh, I just wanted to prove a point that, you know, success can come in a, a variety of different areas and a variety of different molds. And, uh, um, there's not just like a one trick pony in terms of being successful as a, a baseball pitcher. So, yeah. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is safe. It's a place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. For example, it's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. 
It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who experience major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash GamePresents today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash GamePresents. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Absolutely. And going back to what you mentioned before about the, you know, playing uh, with pro teammates compared to guys who are in high school and, and that kind of maybe it's jealousy, maybe it's guys who don't want to see you succeed. I've seen that firsthand too at the professional level. I've worked in pro ball for 10 years. I've seen how teammates interact with each other and they're supportive for the most part at the professional level. And I've seen it too at the, at the younger levels, the youth level. They're comparing their stats and they're saying, what do you do? You know, look what you did there, this, all this stuff. I'm like, that's just not how it goes you know at the pro level and maybe if, if there's kids out there who are more mature and understand that that that's not how you do things what advice would you tell them on how to navigate that situation when you do have teammates who are like that and may, maybe like someone like yourself had to go through yeah and, uh, for me it's just like I, I would just say to those kids to be the bigger person you know to understand it's like you can't control how other people think you can't control other people's opinions. You can't control other people's actions. The only thing of you you're truly control of is yourself, uh, your thoughts, your words, and uh, your work ethic, you know, and how you go about your business. Uh, the rest of the stuff, all of that stuff you see on social media, all of the coverage you might get in the newspapers, local, local blogs, whatever that are covering your team. Uh, it's all just really noise. And at the end of the day, you've got to start to be able to, filter out all of the excess kind of nonsense uh, for lack of a better term and just truly focus on the task at hand and that's being successful on the field being successful in the classroom uh being a being a good person off the field as well uh and just trying to rise above that and still be supportive 
if they're your teammates, you know, because at the end of the day, it's a team game. You know, we're trying to accomplish a common goal as a group. Uh, baseball is kind of unique because it can be very individualized in that sense. You know, when you're out on the pitcher's mound, it's you're, it's just you, you know, the kind of spotlights on you. Uh, obviously you have people backing you up, but at the end of the day, you know, your name's kind of going in the box score. Uh, but ultimately just try to be the bigger person, you know, try to rise above it and just do everything you can to, uh, if they're being very vocal about wanting you to, to fail, do everything you possibly can to succeed and prove people wrong uh, and let your, your play uh, do the talking. Did the goals of yours ever make you feel different? Like you had bigger aspirations than others. You, you knew that you had it in you to get to that level that you wanted to get to, and that really propelled you. Did you ever feel that way? Absolutely. Um, you know, I knew basically from the time I was three, four years old, that my ultimate dream was to be a major league baseball player. Uh, I just fell in love with the game growing up, watching the Colorado Rockies and the Blake Street Bombers and uh, Dante Bichette, Andre Scalaraga, you know, Todd Hilton, the list goes, Larry Walker, the list goes on and on. I just fell in love with the game and going to Coors Field and that excitement. It's a new, new major league team. We've got this new stadium and everything. I just, I vividly remember uh, just going and just being like immersed and just lost in the sounds and the the smells and just like just the aura that the, the basically like truly the, the romantic side of baseball that just like it was my first love. And I realized like especially early on at a very young age, I was very talented. Uh, it kind of came easy for me in the sense of just throwing the ball hard, throwing the ball accurately. Uh, just having those like kind of like a fundamentals that just kind of came very easy to me and naturally. And uh, I knew that in order to be the best version of myself, I had to make sacrifices. I had to make uh, the decision. It's like of under truly understanding, like uh, as time goes on, I'm not going to be the most talented player. As time goes on, there's people that are going to catch up to me or maybe have uh, better genetics in terms of athletic ability and whatnot. And it's like, I have to do everything that I possibly can to continue to grow, to continue to improve and to continue to separate myself. And that means making sacrifices, you know, it's like uh, in the sense of that high school temptation of going out and hanging out with friends, you know, going to high school parties, going uh, to, I don't know, in the summertime, taking time off and, you know, doing normal summertime vacation stuff, going to the water theme parks, doing all that stuff, hanging out with my girlfriend. I always made it a point that the only place I wanted to be was on the baseball diamond or getting better. Uh, even, even to the sense I, I loved playing basketball. I loved playing football too. But when I got into the high school ranks, I knew that baseball is what I truly wanted to do. And I was willing to make that sacrifice and walk away from those other sports because I wanted to continue to push myself uh, to be a major league baseball player and making those sacrifices. It's tough. You, you know, you look back on it and sometimes you do wish you could have those experiences of, you know, playing basketball on a Friday night or under the, under the lights of playing football and that stuff. But I, I think my decision worked out. And I think uh, that all that work I put into it was uh, it was all worth it. You have these abilities earlier on where you might be dominating at the younger levels that you're at, but then once you reach maybe it was college or pro ball, all these guys are at the same competition level or maybe even better than you are. Did you ever have any doubt 
in your own abilities once you got to that point or fear of failure? Did any of that ever seek into your mind? Oh, absolutely. And I, I, I'd, I'd be lying if I didn't, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, in college, um, especially in the United States, you know, you, you see like a lot of guys that have success or typically basically anybody that's throwing over 92 miles an hour. Most of the time you're, you're probably going to have some success in college if you can put it anywhere over near the plate. Uh, and for me, you know, I had a really great college career, but once I got into the professional ranks and you start playing internationally with some of the Latin American talent, some of these like 16, 18 year old kids that it's just like, this guy is better than the 22 year old senior that I was just playing in like two months ago. And he's 16. Um, and then also just basically taking the very, very best college players and the very, very best high school players and Latin American players and players from all over the world and putting them onto one field. And it's like, dang, like this is the truly the cream of the crop. But then you have that decision to make, right? A lot of guys uh, can be like uncomfortable with the idea. It's like, I'm not the alpha male. The game's not coming as easy for me as it used to be like, you know, and not, not make any adjustments, not make any changes to their work ethic, to their training schedule, to uh, kind of how they go about their business uh, in terms of game preparation. Maybe it's more scouting. Maybe it's like personal evaluation of like truly looking at what are my efficiencies? What are my deficiencies as an athlete? What do I need to improve upon and actually going above and beyond to try and put that work in? Uh, there's a, there's a, there's a fork in the road for a lot of guys. And for me, uh, I was like open to that challenge. It was humbling for sure. Uh, but it was also very motivating. It was just like, you know, uh, I see so many guys that are like, like really good at a lot of different things, but I'm, I'm also really good at some stuff too, you know, and it's like, I've got to continue to improve upon that skill set, but then also just attack my deficiencies in a way that is going to help mold me into the big leaguer that I want to become. And, you know, again, it's just, that, that having that mindset really propelled me into maybe even over, some might say overachieving uh, uh, what the expectations were for me as a professional athlete. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I think a lot of guys need that, too, especially when they might have these egos earlier on where they think they're the best, but then they reach this level, and they're like, oh, wow, there's actually it's a reality check for them. There's guys around me who are able to get the job done as well and compete against me at a high level. But for you, knowing your body, knowing what you could handle, how important was it for you to tailor your training and your programs with your body and, and what you're supposed to do? Being a guy who's 5'10", not somebody who's 6'5", 6'8". Uh, what did you really try to focus on in order to get as much as you can moving towards the plate and get as much as you can on your fastball? You know, I think uh, especially in like high school, college ranks, I, I didn't, this, I kind of grew up in a time still where, you know, data collection and a lot of the technologies that are just kind of like normalized today uh, weren't prevalent at that point in time. So it's still a lot of the old school analogies, um, the old school uh, training method methodologies and uh, just the verbal feedback that you're getting from coaches. But I, I think if I'm being honest, like up until I finally got uh, traded over to the Houston Astros, it wasn't up until that point that I had a like true, like a true sit down talk with really bright minded professionals in the, in the pitching industry and like had a true, like, full breakdown of me as a pitcher and an evaluation of like what I'm good at, what I'm bad at, what I need to improve upon and a direct roadmap of how I'm going to make it to the big leagues. Um, I think I kind of just coasted off of my athletic ability and kind of who I was uh, as a pitcher, basically up until I was 22, 23 years old, even through my first year and a half with the Oakland A's, you know, I remember um, openly, having a conversation with the pitching coordinator and the the rest of like the incoming draftees that were pitchers. And they were kind of very open. It's like, look, we, our, our philosophy is we don't really want to change you guys or do make any like drastic uh, adjustments to your mechanics, uh, to your arsenal, to your like uh, attack plan until we visually see you starting to uh, struggle uh, in the professional ranks, which I, you know, I think there's something to be said to that. Is that that's sometimes a good approach for guys, you know, like, I don't know, I'm trying to think of, for instance, like, uh, you know, Shane Bieber flew through the the minor league ranks. I'm pretty sure like the Cleveland, they probably didn't have to do very much uh, in terms of tweaking with him and adjusting him into uh, helping him become the athlete that he was. Some guys just got it. It's more so just like the best coaching policies, just kind of get out of their way and just kind of let them do their thing and always be there for support if they need you. But um, when I got traded over to Houston, I remember just the full breakdown. It's like uh, this is when the Astros had just won the World Series and they were just kind of like really at the the pinnacle of like Major League Baseball player development. And they still are to this day. Um, just just the stuff that we were doing over there comparatively to other organizations I've been a part part of were just night and day. But I remember sitting down with Chris Holt, uh, who's the major league uh, pitching coach for the Orioles, uh, and Josh Miller, who's now the, the pitching coach for the Astros now. 
Um, they were the two uh, minor league pitching coordinators at the time in 2018 for Houston. And they basically broke it down. It's like your fastball is like in the top, like the, in the 95th percentile, just in terms of like, uh, you know, the break plot in terms of like spin rate and just in terms of like uh, vertical approach angle, like all these, all these like terminologies and like uh, words that it's like, I'd never really heard before up to that point. And they were like, you know, you, you need to throw this pitch more. If you can add velo to it, it's going to, it could be one of the, like, the best pitches in baseball, you know, your changeups, you know, graded out is like a 60, 65 grade, you know, you, you don't throw it nearly enough. And it's like, you have no breaking ball. Um, we need to start from scratch there. It sucks. Uh, you're super slow to the plate. Like, you know, you're a one, four right now. That's just not going to cut it. Uh, at the big league level, it's like mechanically, these are some things, some that we feel like could help you uh, just move a little bit more efficiency and uh, help you repeat your mechanics, help you uh, consistently sync up with your release point, throw more strikes, add a couple of miles an hour. So like just this like super in-depth breakdown of me as a pitcher. And it's like, I, up until that point, like I knew I was like, you know, I always feel like I, my fastball, like trends up even though i'm like 93 92 93 i don't know why i had no understanding of why it was good um i always felt like my breaking balls were uh, kind of below average like all of this was like exactly i was like yes this is like the approach plan or the development plan that i've been craving because it's like i know like what i need to do i just didn't know how to do it and in my three four years of playing with the astros i'm forever grateful because it truly was like I'm the, I would not be a major league baseball player if it wasn't for guys like uh, Bill Murphy, uh, Drew French, Graham Johnson, uh, Chris Holt, like all I could, the list goes on and on, but like uh, uh, people that were involved in that pitching development, player development staff over in Houston, like truly like I would have probably, may, maybe I would have just by like on talent alone or just like simply my drive to improve as an athlete, but those types of names that that organization truly did help me uh, propel me into the picture that I am today. And for that, I'm forever grateful. Great stuff. Before I let you go, I got to ask you, you've been facing Eric Sim, right? Uh, yeah, I was before I left for the DR and had my injury uh, to my flexor mass. But yeah, I was uh, consistently thrown over there at uh, close to the public. Be honest with me. Is he an easy out? No, actually, he's not. And I think that's like popular opinion, you know, because like uh, Momentum and Eric do such a great job of like putting out baseball content that is like uh, one funny two like entertaining for people to watch. But like when like Eric is trying like and he's actually and I'm like, hey, like, you know, I'm trying to get back into the like the field playing like try like. Take, try to take this like seriously. Like we're having like an at bat right now. You know, he puts on, he puts good swings on the ball and he's like, he's not a comfortable guy to have in there because he's swinging as hard as he can. And there are people that do that at the big league level. You know what I mean? And it's like, if you make a mistake and he makes contact, it's going to go and it's going to go far. So uh, I think uh, if I was facing Eric, like in a game type situation, he would not see a fastball which is kind of what would might expose him a little bit more so. Uh, but uh, no, he's, he's not an easy out, but he is fun to strike out. I will say that it's uh, one of the, one of the hitters that I really, really have enjoyed facing. Uh, 
just because striking him out, he gets so mad and gets so frustrated. Uh, it's very satisfying. Great stuff, man. Brandon, I appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Some great stuff for the younger players out there to help them out. And thanks for coming on. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. We'd like to thank you for checking out this episode of Billy the Bat Boys Corner presented by Up On Game. Another inspirational story right there. Somebody who persevered through adversity, someone who heard a lot of negativity, a lot of noise from the outside, and that didn't allow him to deviate from his goal of making to the big leagues. He had that set in his mind that he was going to do it, and he went ahead and did it. So we'd like to thank him for coming on. And if you'd like to learn more about what we're doing here with Billy the Bat Boy's Corner and Up On Game Network, be sure to follow on social media at Billy the Bat Boy at Up On Game Network. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. We're supporting the Fowler English Center in Patterson, New Jersey, helping the community and helping the youth ball players out there as well. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time here on the show. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one -on -one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.